What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Yo, what's good? It's Ant right here. Another episode of the Ant Farm. Episode, I think we're on episode 17. Which is kind of crazy. I think I say that every time that I that I end up doing this. It's still it's still wild to me. Thank you again for thank you again for um for all of your you know support and listening in. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we're consistently, you know, we have a comma, finally, of consistent listeners. So I really appreciate it. If you guys want to, you know, you know, share my pod, that would be great. As you guys know, I'm available on every podcast application out there. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much everything. And um, I do cover mostly sports and Michigan sports, as you guys know. But uh, the Big Ten as well. And um, and I'll I'll talk about random stuff here and there. Just know that I don't really edit my podcast. I may add music here and there, maybe if I feel like it. But outside of that, after I'm done, like I pretty much post it, and it's up the next day on every single uh, on every single application that's out there. As you guys know, uh, I have an affiliate sponsorship with SeatGeek. So do me a favor, download the SeatGeek app on your very first purchase that you make on that website, whether it's a concert, any kind of event, any game. If you use the promo code, the promo code AntWright, A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T, um, you end up getting $20 off. You know, you know, 20 bucks isn't, you know, it doesn't really move the needle, but... I'm always up for saving you guys money. So SeatGeek app, your first purchase, you get uh, $20 off if you use my promo code AntWright. Um, interesting this past weekend, I'm not going to get too into Rutgers because, I mean, it is just Rutgers, but you saw a lot of positive things, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of teams feel really positive after after playing Rutgers. Um but there are there are a few things that you know really really stood out. You know, having Gaddis on the sideline uh, was night and day in terms of how the guys were um, how the guys were composed. He was able to coach them up in between um, in between uh, you know offensive and defensive series. I thought that was great for the young guys. He should have been down there from the from the beginning uh, since it was his first time playing. But you know. Who knows? Maybe if he's down there, then he doesn't get that get that growth and all that fun stuff. Cause you grow when things are bad, not really when things are things are uh, good. I think the Wisconsin game kind of humbled him, and um, it was pretty cool seeing him on the sideline, fired up and and fighting for his guys. Uh, McGrone needs more snaps. Point blank period. I think everyone saw that. I don't really care who he takes minutes from. It's got to be someone. Uh, that dude is ready to go, and that's just not the the um, 
the Rutgers game, you know, that was also Wisconsin. Like, he was hitting, he was shedding blockers, and he was getting after it. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what they do with him. Uh, I think he's ready to play. The, the dude is nasty. He hits angry, and I don't think, you know, he has, you know, he's not, he's not worried about too much because he's a, a young cat with a lot of talent, and he's just ready to get out there and, uh, and play hard. I really think that he does des- deserve a much bigger opportunity. Um, also interested to see what they do with Hinton and Maisie Smith. They struggled really, really bad against Wisconsin in terms of going up against a, um, a pretty pretty big offensive line. Uh, I, I was going to be pretty similar. Um, you know, they're you know I was going to bring in three guys who are already over two hundred yards on the year. Um, and they all have at least five and a half carries per rush. So these guys are legit. The runners are legit, but you know so is that line. You know they're gonna need that extra you know push. So I'm interested to see what happens with Hinton and and Maisie Smith. Um, or Mission is just gonna simply be exposed again. And you know and you know what happens when Michigan gets exposed. Twitter becomes chaotic, and. Uh, a lot of fun, actually, you know, seeing all the, seeing all the people all riled up. Um, man, quick note for the foodies. So Taco Bell, they no longer serve the grilled stuff burritos, um, and they no longer have the beefy mini quesadillas. They've already taken away my favorite thing, which was maxi melts. I don't know what what direction they're going, but they need to stop. Honestly, they need to stop. Popeye's comes out with the chicken sandwich that tastes so good, but they don't have the infra- the infrastructure to keep that up. So they haven't come back with that. I don't know what's, you know, going on with these fast food play, uh, play places not doing, you know, anything to benefit the customer. They need to do better. Um, that being said, if you guys haven't been to McDonald's lately, um, if you guys are hash brown fans, before hash browns, the hash browns always like stuck to the paper and they were like super limp and, you know, it was just like, eh, you know, it tastes like it's it's been in a microwave for four minutes. They very quietly, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 98% sure, they very, very quietly switched out their old brand of hash browns for this new brand. This new brand doesn't really stick to the paper. It's fluffier, it's thicker, um, more potatoes. Like it tastes really, really good. Um, so if you guys have a chance, hit up a Mickey D's. If you guys are like, if you guys are like hash brown fans, some people are like, eh, I'm vegan. Eh, I, this is not for you. Okay. So the people who like hit up fast food joints, you know how it is when you're going home from work or it's like middle of like a Saturday or something like that. And you're just like, man, you know what? Are we going to go to Burger King, Taco Bell, Wendy's, McDonald's? This is for you, okay? So healthy people, you could just fast forward this part. I don't, this is not for you. Go to McDonald's, get you, get you like two, get you like two hash browns, they have they have taken off. They are so good right now. It is un, it is, man. 
It is so good. And I don't know if it's just the franchises around me, but I went to the one in Duran, Michigan. I went to the one in um, Grand Blanc. I went to the one in Swartz Creek, Michigan as well. They, all of them, all of them have, have the same hash brown. I don't know why they didn't announce this, but it is really, really freaking good. Really, really good. Um, if you've noticed it, let me know. If you haven't, please try and then let me know what you guys uh, think. Um, then the KFC came out with that. Um, I'm sorry about this. This is like a fat segment right now. But KFC came out with the, um, it's like a Krispy Kreme donut bun chicken sandwich type of deal. I've been looking for it. like I want to try it just to just to have it, you know? Um just to see what it tastes like, just to see what it's doing. Um there's one in Swartz Creek. I'm not sure if they carry it, but if you guys are in Michigan and you guys have seen it at a certain KFC, let me know. Um and if it's in driving distance, I'll definitely go and uh and check that out. But yeah, man. Um I'm just going to get right into the podcast mailbag before I get into Iowa. Um, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is usually my favorite segment per usual. Okay. Uh looks like I have 20 something questions, 20 27. So I was probably going to answer about 23 or 24 of them. All right, go blue, Papa T-Man. Where do you get your recruiting info? Good question. I get my recruiting info from multitude of places. I do go I do go online and I look at what guys are doing and then I will end up um I end up having sources that are already out there that are on the circuit that are kind of around these circles or in the area whether it's someone who's a writer around a certain area or whether it's just one of my boys who's been on the uh, circuit for a while. And I take what I get from them, then I take what I get from these sites, and I kind of form my own opinion on what's going on based on other recruiting happenings that goes on throughout, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the, the uh, month, and just what makes sense to me. So... That's pretty much it in terms of recruiting info. Uh, it's nothing. It's nothing crazy. I'm not gonna tell you who I talk to for certain things, um, but um, I do have really good. I do have really good dependable sources on where I get my information from. Uh, Brandon Gills, uh, Big Gills thirteen, from the perspective of a Cowboys fan, how do you think the NFC North shapes up this year? In my opinion, I think the Lions should win. Uh, I don't think the Bears, I don't think even the Packers or the Vikings, they're just not, they're, they just don't look as hungry and as ready as the Lions do. I think the Lions are ready to kind of uh, take over that division this year, and, um, and they should do well. They should do well, honestly. And that's you know, not you know, capping or anything like that, you know, what the kids say. Um, capping meaning like I'm not sitting here with like rah rah cheering and like over representing you know what my thoughts are. 
But I really do think that they should win the NFC North, and I'll be surprised if they don't. Alicia, Alicia Knight 8, how are you such a diehard Cowboys fan growing up in the D.C. area? It's a good question, Alicia. So Alicia is traveling all over the place. Like if you were to follow her, she has, you know, she'll be in Wisconsin one day and then be in like, like, you know, Bahamas another day. Like she's all over the place, Florida, you name it. If there's some habitat, she's going to go, whether it's with her or just her family, something. So growing up in the D.C. area, you have to know that, you know, yes, there are a lot of, you know, big time Redskins fans, but there is a very large contingent of Dallas Cowboy fans. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've been downtown D.C., I've been in Arlington, and I've seen cars driving around decked out in Cowboys paint and colors and logos and Dallas Cowboy flags and all that stuff. So just as much as there's like, I would say like, you know, like 60, like 65, 70 percent, you're probably going to be a Redskins fan. But 35, 30 percent, there's a there's a pretty big Cowboys contingent there. And I have family down in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. They're big time Cowboys fans, so it was all natural, all natural. I get that all the time. Trust me. Robert uh, at thirty five. Robert sixteen. I'm about to have a baby boy in less than a month. Any advice? I'm nervous as crap. I'd be nervous too, man. Um, Cause I'm about to have my first boy uh, in about two months. So exciting times for us. It's gonna be it's gonna be super cool. It's gonna be amazing. Um, you know, there's gonna be you know, there's gonna be times when things are hard. There's gonna be time when things are great. Uh, just remember, um, just remember that you know they don't know what they don't know, and continue to continue to like you know, like read books. You know, read some articles on how to prepare. Um, but outside of everything, just, 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 just be you. Use use your experience. Use your experiences to your advantage in terms of helping helping your future son. You know they're gonna make mistakes per usual, but um, being able to help them, you know, get to be the man that you know that that they aspire to be per se. Uh, Avery Queen, Avery Q and like whoa, uh, said favorite South Park episode. Then Matt Zamolzik, Invader Zim, Invader underscore Zim, great question. Perhaps a few of your favorites. Ooh man, so I don't I don't read my mailbag prior to because I want you guys to get my like raw thoughts on thoughts on things, so I can't be coached up but this but every now and then there's some where like I wish I had seen it prior to where I could like give you like a legit list um man the favorite South Park episode I'm gonna have to go with you know a little bit of recency bias um because it's been uh I've watched this episode probably two or three times a week because it's so funny to me. 
watch it on Hulu. If you guys don't have Hulu, if, if you do have Hulu, just know that South Park is on there every single episode of every single season. Um, but if you guys haven't seen it, you guys should see it. I'm pretty sure it's called Double Down. And um, it's an episode where Kyle, like, takes... So, like, like Heidi is dating Cartman, which is already weird, but Heidi's dating Cartman. And then, but Kyle was, like, playing Mr. Steal Your Girl, and he was, like, saying, Heidi, you could do better. Come be with me. And she ends up going with Kyle. And then Cartman finds out at Token's house, and... um Token's dad ends up telling Cartman he didn't know that him and Heidi were dating because he saw Kyle and Heidi at the park holding hands or something. And then Cartman loses his mind and this music starts playing. And then (laughs) there's this whole segment of like these like traditional like Jewish people like dancing around and you're listening to like Jewish music and, you know, Kyle playing the devil. It was, oh my gosh, that episode is so funny. But man, so if I'm going to say, like, my favorites, I mean, all of them are top tier, man. All of them are, are top tier. Man, the Mormon episode's funny. Uh, the Broadway episode is funny with uh, Randy, and he ends up being Spider-Man, <laughs> Um, I think it's called, like, Bro Down. The Little League World Series one where the kids don't want to play baseball all summer and, Rand- and Randy's just fighting everyone. Uh, and the trilogies are hilarious. Uh, and this was part of the reason why I wanted to get into Game of Thrones because the Black Friday trilogy, like, was combined with the Game of Thrones so after I watched the Game of Thrones all you know every episode and every season and I like last May I went through it in like a month. After I saw that, I went back to watch the trilogy a couple times and it just made the show so much better and so freaking good. Um I do have two that I hate and the two that I hate are there was one ep- there was one episode that featured this uh, dude named Pip. He was he's like one of the worst characters on the show. He's like Pip, he has like a weird accent. Um but if but it it featured him. Then there was another one where the kids went out ziplining and they were that was a terrible one too. And that one was kind of recent. The the Pip one was like season 3 or season 4. Um but I hate those two episodes. All the other episodes are just top-notch, hilarious stuff. I love it. If you just heard that crash, I, that was me throwing a rope for my for my dog. So I apologize about that. Um, good good question. Had me going there. Mark Ashenbrenner. I or I hope that's how you pronounce it. Ashenbrenner or Askenbrenner. Uh, at go blue M O. What can I casual? Ah, I saw this one because he tweeted me on a separate tweet. So okay, 
What can a casual hoops fan watch and do to better educate themselves about the game? Is it possible to move to educated casual? All right, great, great, great question. Um, I think a lot of the nuances in basketball, a lot of people don't understand and don't get it. Uh, that's why I enjoy explaining a lot of things. Because a lot of people really didn't play at a high level. And even if you played it in high school, you know, there's you know, there's so much more to it. It's not like in football where, you know, you could just join the team and play all the way through and understand all these sets and all these things. It's so much different in basketball because it's a free-flowing sport. Everything changes from time to time. And, you know, you don't get 30 seconds between every play to, you know, get everything together and figure something out and and all that stuff. So you pretty much have to go off the fly. Two things, two things. You know, watch, watch the games. When I say watch the games, don't watch the scores. Don't watch who's scoring. Don't watch the basketball. If you're able to watch a full game without watching the basketball, uh, you will learn so much because so many things happen away from the ball that, um, you know, People get clouded by, you know, because everyone loves the home run, right? But they don't see the little things on, you know, why, why it happened. It's very, very similar. Someone shoots a crazy shot and it goes in or someone's wide open. You're like blaming the defense when, when you know, sometimes, you know, it was, it was schemed in a way where what really wasn't the defense's fault. They were just put in a really bad position, um, you know, based on what had happened previously. So two things, watch basketball games without watching the basketball. That's one. Two, go to the Y and play. Go, go to the Y and play. They're going to have... They're going to have, you know, guys who are, you know, whether they're older or younger, you know, there's, you know, they're not going to be in there destroying, destroying the competition. If that's, if that's the case, you know, go to a different court, but go to the Y, get some exercise in and just play for fun. And being able to experience a lot of things while playing, you naturally just get to learn more about the sport. So it's it's really really hard. And is it possible to move to educated casual? Yeah, almost every talking head on on TV is an educated casual. Um, you know, minus the ones who like played, um, whether in college or the or the professional. You just gotta watch. You just gotta watch, watch, and watch. Um, if you are. You know, if you're in a town where the head coach wants needs an needs an assistant coach, just being around the sport doesn't hurt. It it helps a lot. So, that was a great question, Mark. I really appreciate that one, man. All right, Matt, Matt the Rake is Emmett Smith the most overrated running back of all time, or just the past twenty five years? You're really testing me right now. You're really testing me right now. I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to answer that because that's just that is just disrespectful. Justin J Money Live for Charlie. Sorry, my dog. 
See, I don't, I don't, I don't edit. If things just happen around me, things just happen. I'm sorry. So, Charlie's my dog. It's a corgi, cute dog. Does do anything wrong, but now she's laying down. So, um, where were we? Justin J Money Life Four. Of the remaining basketball targets available, what is the best realistic class you could come up with? Dickinson, Zeb, Jace. That's all I have. And there's going to be two more somewhere. And I think it's going to be end up being a B recruit. The staff did a really good job. You know how in like other episodes I've, you know, I was talking about, you know, you have different tiers of recruits. You have A's, B's, C's, and D's. Your A recruits um, are the ones that you really, really want. But at the same time, you have to still give attention to your B recruits because if something happens to your A recruits, got to make sure that the B recruit didn't feel slighted during this entire recruiting process and you end up with a C or D. The staff did really, really well. Walker Kessler was their A recruit. That A recruit ended up going to North Carolina and they turned up the heat on their B, which was Hunter Dickinson. Um, they did a really good job with that, and um, you know they are to be commended because I think they lead right now. Hopefully, he's able to, you know, they're able to get a commitment. But Florida State, Duke, and uh, Notre Dame are all going hard for him, super hard. So um, that'll be a huge commitment for Jawan if they're able to do that. And even and, you know, and, and even if he commits or doesn't commit, just know that it's all going to come down to player development. You can get all these guys if you don't develop them. It's 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 not going to be fun for anyone. And Twitter is going to be a a total fire blaze. Uh, JD Metal Wooten piece. How early are you going to start teaching baby Ant how to shimmy? <laughs> Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna do their own thing. They're gonna find their own, their own shimmy. They're gonna find their own way of doing things. Uh, if, you know, if they want to hoop, they may not. They may just want to, you know, be a dancer. They may want to play soccer. Um, they may not like sports at all. They may just want to be a gamer. You know, who, who knows, man? Uh, just as long as, just, you know, Whatever they decide to do, whatever they decide to be, um, I'm going to be there in full support. And that comes off as kind of cliche and cheesy, but I couldn't help it. Sorry. Uh, Matt Zamolzik, Invader underscore Zim. It's been a while, so it may be tough to answer, but in your basketball experience at Michigan, what was John Beeline's favorite swear word? Man, favorite swear word. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with um, like I don't curse, but probably GD. GD was uh, probably his favorite that he liked to yell. <sighs> oh, bless me. Uh, let's see, Arlon Rethmeyer, Rylan, Rylan Rethmeyer, 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 Rethmeyer. Uh, if Michigan takes care of business Saturday in convincing fashion and destroy Illinois, do you think we got a shot at Goat Franklin? If Michigan takes care of business Saturday in convincing fashion, answering that one first, I don't think it's going to be in convincing fashion, and I can't really, 
no, I can't really say that. The last time that they won by 12 points or more, um, I have this for the next segment, but the last time they got beat by 12 points or more was November 11th, 2017. And that was at Wisconsin. Uh, I'm pretty sure John O'Corn or... Brennan Peters was the quarterback was the quarterback for uh, Michigan. Then I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, so I can't really see them convince in convincing fashion. And I think if they beat Iowa, they have a really good chance of beating the goat. If they beat Iowa, they have a good chance of beating Goat Franklin at Penn State. Uh, Penn State's looked a bit like a bit shaky, a bit shaky. I know I'd throw the goat Franklin Franklin stuff out there, but but they have shown weaknesses and you know in ways where um, where they where they look very beatable. Whether it's on the road or at home, doesn't matter. In a night game, you know all you need to do is go up a couple of touch touchdowns, and now you know uh, the crowd is no longer a factor. Just can't turn the ball over. Big Ten Savvy, B1G Savant. How do you see the three-point line affecting the college basketball season this year? Surprisingly, with the shooters, with the shooters, I think that it won't affect them that much. I think it's going to affect the bigs. It's going to affect the guys who really toe the line and the guys who really need to get to their spot, but not those who don't really don't really see the line. If they're open, they just shoot it. Um. Yeah, I mean, and I think that the corner three is going to play a bigger role because you can't really extend that out further. You know, due to you got to have enough space for your you know feet, but the the corner three may get the value of the corner three may be better because the corner three, I have to check the measurements, but the corner three may be shorter than it is on the wing or top of the key, like it is in the NBA. But I have to, I have to look, I have to check that out. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry that I just gave you wrong information, but I'm not going to, um, not going to look that up. But value the value of the corner three may go up, and I see it affecting bigs or guys who maybe shot, you know, one three a game. But the ones who, you know, shoot four, five, six, seven, eight threes a game, it's not going to be really, you know, it's it's not going to affect them much because guys are shooting from 24 and 25 all the time. Like, like who toes the line? Like, who gets, like, a couple inches behind the line and and shoots it. Like, if you're open from, like, 27, like, what's the difference of three feet? I mean, it's nothing. Eric's thoughts and observation, observations that Eric bets. With a 52-0 blowout win over Rutgers and an Iowa team knocking on the door, what are some tips on not drinking the Michigan Kool-Aid? Watch the, the, watch the Wisconsin game. <laughs> you don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. If you want something to block that Kool-Aid from... Get into your brain. Watch the Wisconsin game. Watch the Army game. Watch some stuff that really sickens you. Um, you know, Rutgers could very well be you know, false hope and false confidence and 
You know, it can set us up for another long Saturday here. Who knows? JTOG, JTOG X. Your life is in the hands of the throwing ability of either John O'Connor or Russell Bellamy. Who are you taking? I've, I don't remember Russell Bellamy all that much, but I'll, I'll probably take him. Colin McKnight, Colin McKnight, 37. If Michigan goes on to beating Iowa and Illinois, do you think they have a legitimate shot at knocking out Penn State and Happy Valley? Or do you think they could crumble and look like Wisconsin game all over again? Well, this is kind of answering the same question from before. Um, if they if they beat Iowa, I think they have a legit shot of beating Penn State. At the same time, I could see the Iowa game looking like the Wisconsin game. As funny as that is. Uh, who ends up having the better Michigan career, Duncan Robinson or Franz Wagner? That's by Kyle Walney, Kyle underscore Wall Nation 3. Who ends up having a better Michigan career? Yeah, it's probably going to be France. Who ends up with the better, like, like going further in the tournament? Yeah, probably Duncan. But uh, in terms of better career at Michigan, I'll go with, I'll go with France. Although I think France is going to leave after, after this year or next year because he's really, really freaking good. Advocate, advocate with a bunch of numbers. Will one for or Jeter uh, be a factor this week? They need to. They need to. Them, or Hinton, Maisie Smith, someone, whoever they use against Wisconsin, you can't use that same lineup against Iowa. Or you're going to get eaten up. Brian Hall, 15B, S. Hall, 97. In addition to working with centers, forwards, inside him, and post game, do you think that three point shooting big men will, will continue um, under Howard? If they, if they can shoot, you know he's gonna encourage it, but I don't, I honestly don't think he will, and I think that um, if you if you are a capable shooter, you know he'll allow you to shoot the ball, and um, it is a perimeter driven game right now, like you win games with your perimeter with your perimeter. Look at Virginia last year. Look at Villanova the year before that. Virginia last year, their three best players all shot around 40% from three. All three declared for the NBA draft, and they'll be all three in the NBA this year. Look at Villanova from 2018. That was pretty much all perimeter, and their big men was really like a really a power forward. And they were all perimeter-oriented. Every single one. All of them. All of them. And then um, it's, it, is such, it is such a perimeter game. You can't fall into that. You can't play inside out. You play inside out, you know, you're going to lose. You're going to win 14 or 15 games. And now you got the Twitter beast and you got the the bloggers and it's going to be just bad. So um just got to make sure that you know we are we are playing to our strengths and making sure that our perimeter is leading the team and then you know Teskey and all the you know bigs are going to add their their thing as well. And they should be all right. Uh Weapon X Steve Wilds 
given the system Coach Howard is coming out of in Miami, how do you think the rotation will be this season? I think at Miami, based on what I've been looking at, looks like they you know, they play you know, 10, 11 guys, sometimes 12, 12 deep, 11 deep, usually last year. But the NBA games are about eight minutes longer. It's the only thing. They're about eight minutes longer. So I... So, probably the standard nine, a nine-man rotation. And there's enough talent to go nine as well, where there's not a real drop-off from, you know, from a starter to someone coming in off the, off the uh, bench. Josh Chezik, Jay Chezik, 3113. When your daughter clowns on whoever she plays, can we get a highlight tape? Man... If she's clowning people, I'm going to get it on tape and I'm going to post clips and I'm talking so much junk. At the same time, at the same time, you know, she's got to be good first and then we'll we'll get to that point. So in due time, in due time, Josh Morocco at Josh Morocco. Thoughts on the new California pay-to-play law and what you think the NCAA will do about it? That's a really good question, man. That's a really good question. And uh, you know what? I'm going to reserve that for later. Well, hold on. I'm going to write this one down. Make sure I get to it. If I don't get to it, man, I am I I owe you one. But I'm going to write this one down. That's a good question. I kind of forgot all about that uh about the the uh, pay to play stuff. So, I'll get on that later for sure. Later this episode. All right. Thank you for that question, Josh. Andrew Myers, Andrew T. Myers, 13. Do you think that Michigan's fan base is unique? Do you think that the hatred being spewed online is roughly the same for each for each base, or is Michigan's just terrible? It's the same. It's the same for any base that is even somewhat successful. If you're somewhat successful, everyone thinks that you're a national contender. So... No, it's not. It is unique to uh, semi-successful programs and up. The more, the more toxic, the more toxicity there is online. Um, the higher your expectations are, as a fan base for the team that you're rooting for. Randy Moore R underscore board ninety five. Will Jordan Glasgow get his ankles back? <laughs> Depends if they ship U- UPS, man. But that was, man, man, dude was all over the place. Uh, David, David the Great, how do you feel about Kanye not dropping Jesus as king? I'm not really a big, you know, oh my gosh, someone's about to drop this, or, you know, J. Cole's about to drop that, or Kanye's about to drop that. If I get to it, I'll get to it. Like, it's not really a, a big deal. Uh, I'm... And I'll probably like one or two songs from it and take that and put it in my playlist. But no, I'm not that I'm not that type to just be waiting up at the hour in the last minute and just waiting for the for the album to just drop and for me to listen to the whole thing all the way through and and give you some feedback to it. That's just that's just not who I am. Uh, Carter Prez Carter. Chances that the next to last major decision the NCAA gives the death penalty to Michigan State. 
why would they give them the death penalty is what I yeah I, I mean chances are probably zero like they're not gonna give them a death penalty like they didn't do any, do anything really Harbaugh Inc Funky Marco who comes off Michigan bench first in the backcourt probably DeJulius I would say because I think Eli Brooks is gonna start honestly but DeJulius and then uh, DeJulius and Nunez but probably DeJulius uh, that's it that's it. Great questions. Love it, as always, man. All right, we are back with the Ant Farm. Thank you again for everyone who had those questions. I pretty much got to, like, probably 25 or 26 of them, roughly. I really appreciate that. And uh, I got my boy here to talk some Iowa. We have Jeffrey the Greek uh, Jeffrey the Greek on Twitter, who is the co-host of the Eyes on Big podcast, and he is an, are you an Iowa grad too, Jeff? I am, I actually played football in Iowa. Played football at Iowa, so, so huge, 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 huge. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us, man, I really do appreciate it. Um, man, I forgot you told me that, so so wait, so you well, so be, you played there. To be fair, I practiced football in Iowa a lot more than I played football in Iowa. But I was on, <laughs> but I was on the team on scholarships. Hey, it's all good. Did you <laughs> register any statistic? Sure, yeah, I had some I had some tackles here and there. Then you played. Alright, ta- I'll take it. You played point blank period, man. Um, I like it. Big time. So I mean, did you play against Michigan too? Well, now oh, yeah. well, uh, you're like team and all that in the big house? Yeah, yeah. I ran down kickoff a couple times in the big house. Um, the thing I remember is walking out of the tunnel. Uh, the first time was kind of right in the middle of the field. I don't know if it's still in the same place if they remodeled the stadium at all, but I remember walking out onto the field once you got at field level and you just looked up to the big house. It looked like it went two miles up in the air. Like, I'll never <laughs> forget that. <laughs> You know what's funny about that? That's how I feel. That's how I felt uh, playing at Indiana at Assembly Hall. That's how okay. I felt. Where okay. the stands looked like they just kept climbing and then you couldn't see the top. Yeah, there are certain uh, uh, stadiums, you know, that, that arenas, whatever, they just got kind of a feel to them. Obviously, the big house is one of them. Man, sweet, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so like, man, so you know a lot about football football man. okay so let's talk let's just talk strictly Iowa so right. let's talk about the offense so you so I'm just looking at some of these stats Nate Stanley has thrown eight TDs no interceptions you have three running backs who have already eclipsed over 200 yards Makai Sargent is one shy one yard shy of hitting 300 already um 134 points a game I mean you know what do Michigan fans, you know, you know, what do we expect to see from Iowa? Yeah, so something that, actually it's funny you use that word expect, something that you might not expect uh, from uh, an Iowa offense. I know as an Iowa fan, I certainly haven't expected it in the past, which is we got good wide receivers this year. Um, okay. I know you started with uh, Nate Stanley and the running backs. We could definitely get there, but... Um, 
we started playing uh, younger wide receivers two, three years ago, uh, Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith. Okay. Uh, and they have come into their own. Uh, they're both juniors this year. And then two younger guys, Tyro Tracy and Nico Regini. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, this isn't saying much, but these are the best wide receivers, at least quartet of wide receivers I've seen at Iowa in I don't know how long. And they are they're moving the ball. Uh, they're doing exciting stuff. And it's, it's, it's exciting to watch as an Iowa fan. So this is kind of different than your typical grinded-out Iowa teams. Yeah, I mean, we're still a grinded-out Iowa team. You know, I don't know <laughs> if we're ever going <laughs> to get away from that. It's always going to be a ball control uh, offense. We want to win this Iowa possession. We very much do not want to turn the ball over and, and you know set the other team up with a short field. So those, you know, Kurt Ferris axioms, that, that, that stuff is still there. I, I just, I feel like this year, and, you know, we'll get to the defense, I feel like this year people are giving the Iowa defense a little too much credit and maybe not quite enough for the Iowa offense. I think it's a little bit more uh, even playing field for the two for once. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so okay, so is, is Nate Stanley a junior or a senior? He is a seventh-year senior. <laughs> Probably how it feels like. For Jeez, he's been there forever. Like, yeah, like for, sure. for like, I'm sitting here like Stanley. I'm like, what stats am I looking at? Which year is this? And it's right. from this year. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this guy <laughs> is on that uh, Perry Ellis uh, yes, type yes. of deal where like you're at the yep. school forever and ever. <laughs> That's a good comparison. You know what I mean? Just one of those yep. guys. One of those those yeah. guys who just there yeah. forever for no reason. Yeah, crazy as this may sound. Um, so I think he's had 26 touchdown passes, both his sophomore and junior year. So if he does that again this year, I think he will finish fourth all-time in the Big Ten for touchdown passes, if you can believe that or not. <laughs> that's nuts, right? That's, that's pretty nuts. That's yeah. pretty nuts. Um, yeah. So another thing about the offense. So... The offensive line, are they big? Are they, like, big and burly? Are they mean and nasty? Because if they are, Michigan's going to need some help. Um, you know, not really. Uh, Tyler employs the zone running scheme, so it's, a, it's supposed to be a little bit more uh, chip blocking and getting up to the second level. You know, the, the goal is to disrupt the D-line and get up to the linebackers and move them around. Um, so typically speaking, interior, they're a little bit smaller, uh, type of, of, for guard center guard. Uh, the tackles though, they're big boys. Uh, Alaric Jackson, uh, which I'm thinking could be a first or second day draft pick in the NFL. He's back this week. He's been gone since, uh, the first game of the year. So he's back this week. And then that moves Tristan Orfs, who is another, uh, rumored to be, uh, first round draft pick on the to back to right tackle. So and, and Tristan Wirfs, he might be my favorite Hawkeye. Uh, that is a man among boys, and uh, uh, he is big. He, he is definitely one of the bigger ones. Gotcha. So we're here with Jeffrey the Greek, former Iowa player, scholarship player that I'm learning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Jeff. Um, this feels like to me like 
do you do you do you truly believe Iowa is legit this year? They're they're 0 right? They have the yep. one big win against Iowa State, or and you know, Iowa State has struggled a bit. Do you think this is going to be a similar game, like for like like kind of like Wisconsin, where Wisconsin fans didn't really know how good Wisconsin was, and Michigan was like, okay, we'll we'll know. Or do you think you guys know Iowa is, is legit, and this is just another type of um, this is just another bar to meet yeah no, that's, that's a great question um i think if you ask most iowa fans they would say yeah we're legit i might err to the more uh i don't know if pessimistic is the right term but just realistic on, on the iowa football team uh, maybe because i i played and i know the, the how quickly a really good team can turn mediocre if a couple things go wrong yeah um so yeah, that's actually a good comparison with Wisconsin. Um, I, I would say this is you know this is when we'll find out. We'll probably know by sometime around three three thirty Eastern Standard Time if <laughs> I was a good football team or not. Yeah, because um because I saw that because we both played Middle Tennessee State. You guys handled them, um, unlike we did. That was our first first game, and I think that was your game last week. Um, you guys handled them. You know, we beat them by like 16 or so, but uh, didn't beat them in the fashion or 19. It didn't beat them in the fashion that you guys did. So let's move on to like defense. You said that you know defensively, you guys are um, like you think it's they're a little bit getting too much credit. Um, what do, you know? What do you think their weaknesses and what are their what are their strengths? Yeah, weaknesses. Uh, one of them is explainable, which is the secondary. Um, we've had quite a few injuries in okay. the secondary. Um, I think either Matt Hankins or Michael Ojemudia are our best corners, and Hankins is out. Uh, so Ojemudia, very good. Um, and then in the secondary, um, a, a guy, Kayvon Merriweather, who's a Michigan boy, so um, I know he, he really wanted to play in this game. He is back, but this is the first time he's playing in a couple weeks, so it's just, uh, it's been musical, it's been musical chairs uh, in the secondary, and you saw it rear its head against Iowa State. It, it just makes Iowa fans a little leery going against those Michigan wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, Terrence Black scares me probably more than Anybody, no offense to Donovan Peoples-Jones or Nico Collins, um, I'm just kind of wondering if he could just get right over top of us. Yeah. And then another thing that sits right into it for the weakness is the there hasn't been a, a big push by the defensive line to get in the backfield. Um, it's something surprisingly both Iowa and Michigan have been bad at this year is yeah. just getting into the backfield, and, and it's, it's showing up at times this year. For sure, man. Um, and I think... I think that's been Michigan's thing when, when the defensive line on the other team starts making Shea move and all that stuff. That's where you see the the random fumbles. That's where you see a couple wayward passes. And um, I will say this though: I mean, like Michigan, I think they have like four legit receivers right now. Oh, for sure. You know, you know they have the NFL guys of Nico Collins and Tark Black and DPJ. But then you know Ronnie Bell is you know leading almost every category, and what death taxes and Michigan wide receivers, right? 
Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, is Ronnie Bell, is he the main guy? Because other teams are putting their second or third best DB on him, and he's just eating them up and getting open. And if teams are going to start adjusting to that and now putting their second or third guys on Black, Collins, or DPJ. So, like, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a pick-your-poison type of deal. And uh, I think they're leaning towards keeping their second or third DB on Ronnie Bell, which is interesting. So I will be a little bit different. We're going to sit in zone most of the time. We don't flip corners very often, if at all. Okay. Um, so if if Tariq Black is is uh, lined up on the short side of the field, you know he's going to get he's going to get Michael Ojemudia, you know, and it's not going to change. And if he flips to the other side, he's going to get DJ Johnson, who's pretty pretty green. <laughs> so um, <laughs> point point being is somebody is going to be matched up on a very green defensive back for gotcha. Iowa, and it, there's nothing Iowa's going to be able to do about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. Now, not sure if you've been like seeing these things. Well, you probably like been seeing me tweet about it, but the speed and space stuff, and I've been mocking it quite a bit. Um, yeah. You know, we saw it a bit versus Ruck, Ruckers, but let's be real. You put any offense against Ruckers, you're putting up a lot of points. Um, yeah, that's what the doctor ordered, right? Exactly. That was the perfect game. That was the perfect – if we had Iowa last week, man – Michigan would Michigan would have two losses right now for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. maybe. Um, so I've got a conspiracy theory. Um, I have some sources still back from my playing days, and I think I think Josh Gaddis not only came down to the sidelines as as a, a show of you know switching things up. I think he was learning from the guy calling the plays, which is Jim Harbaugh. That's <laughs> I, think, I, I know that's probably an overused, you know, conspiracy theory, or, or but I something has looked different since the fourth quarter of the Badger game, and and I think it's the play calling. That's that is my belief. You think so? Yes. That man, man. I saw. Oh, man. I saw a couple of the old. Harbaugh, you know, type of plays. Um, a question I would have for you is the Michigan offensive line. Is it getting healthier? Is it getting back to the old line that we expected it to be, you know, before the season kicked off? It's getting healthier with, like, you know, running back and, you know, Mayfield, you know, back. And I think it's more so of the chemistry. The chemistry just isn't there right now. I mean, a quarterback was freaking laid out against Wisconsin. McCaffrey got knocked out. Really ugly bad hit. Not sure if you saw it. Yeah, dude just went right at his head and neck area. No lineman moved. Like, usually you see some fisticuffs. You see some linemen getting emotional. I didn't see any of that. So, so, you know, there's got to be some type of chemistry issue more than anything else. And that goes beyond just the injuries. These guys just need more snaps. That's why you saw the – that's why, in my opinion, the offensive group and the defensive group both played um, more than they should have against Rutgers is to get those game snaps, is to get that chemistry going, is to 
make sure that that's solidified and not just go out there and play two and a half quarters and then, hey, I don't want you to get hurt. No, it was more, you know, you're going to play because we need you guys to be in rhythm because look at this gauntlet of a schedule coming up for us right now. You know yeah, I mean? before the season even started, I was on Twitter basically standing up for Michigan, even as a non-Michigan fan, pointing their schedule out as what I thought was the toughest schedule in the country. You know, we hear a bunch of chanters down from the SEC talking yeah. about, you know, like every schedule of theirs is, you know, the toughest I say second. I say second, second. Behind Texas yeah. A&M. Texas A&M. Texas a was Woo! Yeah. They got South Carolina's too. Michigan, so in the in our our eyes on big podcast preseason pick, I, I actually picked this is probably crazy, but I picked Penn State to win the East and win the Big Ten. Go Franklin. Uh, oh man, if they win the Big Ten, ooh, my followers, oh my gosh. My Twitter is gonna explode because I joke <laughs> yeah, I about because people talk all this junk about James Franklin, and all I do is respond with James Franklin holding the Big Ten trophy, <laughs> and I'm like, give me one of these things. <laughs> I hope that Michigan, Michigan fans got a lot of fun uh, uh, rivalries to follow on Twitter, and, and you know we're going over here now with Penn State. The entertainment value with Penn State fans and Michigan fans on Twitter—it's always high comedy. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, and don't get <laughs> me started on your uh, Nebraska folk. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that to later. But uh, but the point I was trying to make is the reason I I didn't pick Michigan to win is because of the schedule. Like it just mm. looked like murderers row, and I was just I was nervous about that, and then I I, I was. A big fan of the defense last year for Michigan. Uh, Devin Bush, maybe one of my favorite non-Hawkeyes that I've seen play in the Big Ten the last 15 years. My years. favorite player. My favorite player. Yeah, he was okay. an absolute missile. Um, yeah. I would I would watch him. Whenever I watch Michigan play, I just watch Devin Bush. And yeah. um, I think he made a really good Michigan defense excellent last year mm-hmm. um, I don't think people made a big deal out of it enough when he went out of the Ohio State game and to me like it was such a big loss with him gone from the defense this year him alone in that schedule is, is what shied me away from Michigan I'm with you what shied me away from Michigan was the fact that it's Michigan and yeah <laughs> 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 The Kool-Aid, man, the off-season Kool-Aid is so delicious. It's like, it's got the right amount of ice, the right amount of sugar. Man. Beautiful blue. That's how you want it. The Michigan Kool-Aid is delicious over the summer. But a lot like that big red Kool-Aid that flows out of Lincoln every off-season. Oh, my Um, gosh. It was coming in from outside of Michigan. You know, almost every... Every national pundit was picking Michigan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but, you know, you have to look at, like, that schedule's brutal. Like, even if they came in as a, even if they've been clicking on all cylinders, like, there's a legit seven games where you cannot blink or you will lose. You Absolutely. Know? Um, you know, Michigan State's always tough. Um, Army was going to be tough. Um, you have the best two teams from the West 
Wisconsin, and Iowa. Then you have the regular guys, the Penn State and the Ohio State, and then we're like, oh, hey, let's schedule Notre Dame in the middle of the season too. So and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, the most petrifying game is that Indiana game sandwiched between I think it's Penn State and Ohio State. That's it's the end between of the year. Ohio State and Michigan State. They Michigan play Michigan State. State late this year. Yeah, 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 that's brutal. No, no favors. No yeah, favors that's I, and I believe that game is away, right? I think it's away. Yeah, yeah you got to go into sleepy Bloomington to play a game. Yeah, so I mean, I tweeted it the other day. I'm like, man, like we can go six and six or seven and five, like, and I won't be shocked right now. Um, like, I, I, mean, I won't I, be shocked at all. I mean, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world, but from an outsider's point of view. It's Michigan. Um, I expect them to, to rebound. Um, I am not, I'm just not a Harbaugh hater uh, like many people are. I, I gotta be honest with you, I gotta kick out of the guys for the most part. And I, I, I can't forget that he was able to take a team from within an eyelash of the Super Bowl title and what he did at Stanford. So I still think he's a good coach. Um, with that being said, and I guess I'm kind of asking you this question. Do you think he views it, do you view this as a gigantic game for for the Harbaugh, you know, uh, first time at Michigan? You're saying if if Jim views this as a game or or what now? Well, so Joel Klatt was uh he's been all over Twitter today. He's making a gigantic deal out of this game, the Iowa Michigan game. And, compare, and relating it to the Jim Harbaugh, Paul Ball, Harbaugh coaching tenure at Michigan. Uh, I mean, he's making a big old deal out of it. That's not fair. No, that's not yeah. fair. Okay, so so not that big a deal from your point of view. No, that's not really a big deal. Um, why I say that is because you know Joel Klatt has been one of the few national media members who have who has pretty much been in in full support of him. Um, so for him to come out and say something like that, it's kind of weird and off-putting. Um, you know, this is this is Harbaugh's job. He's, he's not going to get fired just from just just from the sheer standpoint of what Ward Manuel, who's the AD, what he came out and said. He came out and said, you know, revenue was up, um, college applications are way up. You know, it means that they made the right hire. So. People say, hey, you know, it's a basketball school. No, it's a football school. Like, no, it's a revenue school. So as long as long as people are still buying tickets, still buying gear, they are gonna they're gonna still have Jim here. And whether he gets eight, nine, or ten wins a year, that's still going to be decent years. And then maybe some years he peaks and gets that eleven or twelve. But I just don't think Michigan is in that spot to just consistently win these championships year after year after year. It's like we have to take a take a take a step back here. You know, we have to understand who like that our rival is the third best program in the country right now. We need to understand yeah. that we need to overcome them before we can attain any other goal. So the goal is of course, you know, beat Ohio State. If you if you beat Ohio State, you have a Probably have a good shot at getting to a Big Ten championship game. 
if you win a Big Ten championship game, you're going to be one of the final six or seven teams elected for this for the CFP. For sure. It yeah. all starts with Ohio State. So I don't think that this is going to be a defining moment. It's not because of what we've already seen this year. We've seen that Jim has Jim is obsessed with winning, and he is changing the football team. He's changing over staff. He is trying to you know make it more of a modern game. And he is obsessed with it. If he was doing the same stuff over and over and over and it, and it wasn't working, but he was still doing it, then I would say, okay, this guy is off his rocker. He, you know, This is where we're going to be at, at all times. I think he's a smart dude. And he is, he is going out of his comfort zone to make some changes, which is, which is what you need, which is what you have to have. Um, it is not a program-defining game uh, at all, at all. There's there's five more ranked teams we have to play. This is not – this is you know, week four, what, week four, week five? Look, this is not the defining game, no. And just, uh, and just to clarify, I mean, first of all, it's Joel Platt who said it, not, not me or an yeah. Iowa writer. Um, right. I think – to a certain, so certain Iowa, you know, Iowa fans have took it as a slap in the face because I think how they took it is if Harbaugh can't even beat Iowa, what does that say for the rest of the year and Harbaugh? So right. that's how, so Iowa fans didn't really want to hear it either. Uh, so I just maybe which isn't fair to you guys because you guys run a top ship program. You guys have a great coach who has been very very solid, who's been to Indianapolis. And who's you know been there? Who's beaten the brakes off of Ohio State within the last three years? I mean, the brakes like it was like fifty something, like twenty something, like yeah, it was no, like what Ohio State did to Michigan last year. They had that done to them, like it was ugly. So you know, you know, Iowa is a legit and it's a good program. Michigan has not beaten beaten Iowa since two thousand and twelve. You know. Yeah. Brady Hoke was the coach. Denard Robinson and Devin Garner was the QB. Yep. Fitz Tucson was the running back. And they were throwing the uh, Roy Roundtree. You know, like that was... Yeah, it's been a lot. It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Iowa winning five of the last six is like... I don't know. I don't know how many college football fans even know that. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, when we look at the uh, total wins... Um, I think it's been since 2001. I thought I saw the stat. Michigan and Iowa are like tied or like one apart or something like that. Yeah. It's been, and, you know, I mean, part of that is Iowa plays in an easier division than, than Michigan in the East. So you right. can't deny that. I don't think there's a chasm between the two that's quite as big as people make it out to be. But certainly in the West, it's easier to get to, you know, 10 wins a year than the East. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Uh, so when you were talking about the expectations of Michigan and what I would call them very grown-up, you know, grounded expectations, how what's the what percentage of the Michigan fan base you think shares that that thought process with you? Like the same as me? Not yeah. a lot. Okay. Not a lot. I would say I would say like twenty-five percent okay. share that, okay. and then everyone else there's like. Probably a contingent of ten percent who just wants Harbaugh to be gone and everything sucks. But then there's the sixty, sixty-five percent who have been around Michigan football for so daggone long 
that they've been they have been like consumed with you know this is what Michigan football is it's greatness it's championships it's all these things when in reality like no national championships like like they shared one in the late 90s but really haven't won just one on their own since like the 60s or something um big 10 title like haven't won the big 10 in 15 or 16 years um it's just one of those things where you know michigan fans they wanted to be like it once was like i'm a cowboys fan like I know what that feeling is like. I was a Cowboys fan for my... I've been a Cowboys fan my entire life. I've been a Michigan fan for probably half of my life. And um, and I... and I you know Every year is, is the year. And I believe it's America's team. And... and <sighs> expectations no, are... Ex- yeah. Expectations are very, very weird. Very, very funny. Like there's, you know, there were, you know, some, some, some people come out in the preseason and they're just like 12 and 0, 11 and 1. And then you just share some, you just share a little bit of facts and then they lose their, they just lose their mind on you. (laughs) Like F you, you know, Bowden die for this, the team, the team, the team, these entitled Fairies sitting out of bowl games, just going, just going nuts with a whole bunch of vitriol and just anger. Like Michigan fans are like pissed off, dude. Like they are pissed. Like they can win against Iowa, and they're just like, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't wasn't Ohio State. So I mean, right. really, like, and I, I mean, I would expect that thought process. Yeah, it's gonna come, man, and and yeah. it's no disrespect. It's no disrespect to Iowa. It's more so of how Ohio State has just broken Michigan fans. Like they've broken yep. them, man. They yep. they broke the staff. I think like they've like like the way that like Harbaugh and Don Brown carry themselves now is totally different than it was two three years ago. Totally different. It's like night and day. Harbaugh's more chill and calm. He's like he's you know, doing all these radical changes, which is fine, which he needs to, but he's making radical changes super quick, trying to close this gap as fast as he can. And then you're looking at the recruiting rankings and there is like, there's Ohio State's tier, another tier, and Michigan is between the top of the third tier and bottom of the second tier in terms of talent. And then on top of that talent, are you plugging the guys into places of need? Because some of these guys are super talented, like like uh, Chris Hinton, D line. He was like, well, he's he was one of the best D line in the country as a as a as a, a senior last year. I think he got some of his first snaps against uh, Rutgers, and we're lining up Jordan Glasgow on first and goal. Or the second and goal at the one against Wisconsin. Jordan Glasgow is two hundred twenty pounds. Right. He was a high school running back. You know, um, I think everyone is frustrated. I don't. You know, there's no. And there's no hope in sight. 
if that makes sense. There's just no, no there's just no I mean, hope I, in sight. Yeah, I felt uh, I felt the frustration, you know, kind of going from Twitter and a couple of my couple of buddies I have that are Michigan fans. So, uh, what do you what do you curious what you think about the game? Like, what, how do you think it's gonna go? Um, I saw that the spread opened up at opened up at like Michigan negative seven. If yeah. you could, if you got it on negative on Iowa plus I tried, seven, I tried so hard to get it at seven. Oh man, my, my my special friend that takes those types of calls would not give it to me until it was down to like four and a half. <laughs> even so, even so, money line is still juicy. I think it was like plus one forty or plus one forty five. So you bet a hundred, you get two forty five sure. back. Um, yep. it's um, I'll. I'll be honest with you, you know Michigan. They come. They they just came off a a good win against a Rutgers squad, and they had Gaddis down on the sideline, which I think changed a lot. Just having both coaches right there, being able to communicate face to face, talk to his offensive players and all that stuff. But still, even against Rutgers, I still saw so many things that will be exploited by a half-decent team. Rutgers is just doo-doo. So a, lot of, <laughs> so a lot of what was happening on the field, Michigan got away with just from a talent standpoint. Interesting, okay. And I don't think Iowa will let that happen. Um, and, and, I was, and I was just looking at, like, the history. They haven't beat them since 2012. And, yeah. you know, and Iowa doesn't get blown out. You know, uh, Iowa, yeah, the last blowout was November 11th, 2017. That was their only game since then that they lost by more than 12 points. Yeah, they always you know? play pretty close, pretty close to the mess with that. Yeah, and can Iowa, and can I, do I put my money on Iowa sustaining a drive to win and Michigan to, like, not be able to stop them? Or do I put my money on... Michigan doing their, I mean, honestly, I see, I see Iowa by 17. (laughs) Really? Iowa by 17. And I, I hope I'm wrong. Wow. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I think Iowa is going to come in and they are going to make, they are going to make a, they're going to make a statement with this. This is. You know, Wisconsin wanted to come in and make a statement. I think Iowa wants to come in and make a statement because they see that that Iowa State win really wasn't that good. I mean, Iowa State, it took triple OT against Northern Iowa and just lost to Baylor. Baylor's like down a bunch of scholarships. You know what I mean? So Iowa's like, you know what? We don't even have a really good win right now. Um, I think they're going to come in and, uh, and go to work, honestly. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't think that's where you were going to go with that. Um, what I've been kind of telling my buddies is, see, I see, I see the potential for a a, a somewhat blowout win. Not that you know forty forty eight to seven type of deal, but like a you know a comfortable win. I can see it by both sides. Um, I I uh, to me the game is almost squarely on Nate Stanley's shoulders. Um, Don Brown is going to he's going to dare our wide receivers to get open. Um, 
Iowa has been running the ball better this year, but I just it's hard for me to think that they're going to have a ton of success running the ball versus Michigan. So to me, our defensive line them. is not good. It is right. not what it was. It is not. Winovich isn't walking through that door. Gary's not walking through that door. Bush isn't walking through that door. I'm telling you right now, like you guys can win the line of the line of scrimmage. It's that bad. There's rumors that Paul Chris told his offensive line, yeah, "This is the worst D line that you're gonna play all year. If you can't get them off, then we got other problems." Wow. You know what um, I mean? Yeah, I mean, it maybe has you got me thinking too, but. Um, I still think uh, this is a big moment, and I, I just I feel like there is going to be a lot of plays that Stanley's going to have to make in order for Iowa to win this going away. But my honest thought process is both both defenses are overrated, and I think there's going to be the over under in this forty seven and a half. I think this is going over. I see both. Both teams moving the ball well. I see an exciting noon game uh, uh, that people are going to be watching when I think they're going to tune in, thinking it's going to be like a like I've seen most predictions like twenty to fourteen and twenty to seventeen stuff like that. I don't see that. I see a lot of points, and um, I, I typically am a somewhat pessimistic Iowa fan, but I got to trust the Nate Stanley that I've seen so far this year. Um, a, a good. You know, a good enough offense to move the ball. I think Iowa wins the game, but I think it's going to be something like thirty-one to twenty-eight. Gotcha. I just think it's going to be like thirty-three to like sixteen. Like I just think it's just. I just think. I mean, I you y'all haven't lost since November of last year, man. Y'all haven't lost since November tenth. That was your last yeah. loss. Yeah, we should have freaking won that game too. But yeah, that and that was a close game. Yeah. Um, Three in a row. Like, what happened? Yeah, it, it it was it was the bad day Stanley. So the joke around the Iowa, you know, fan base is good day Stanley, bad good day, bad day. That was the bad day. Um, and then he got back out of it, looked really good. The bowl that is the one that we've seen so far this year. But you know how it is as a sports fan. You got scars, and we still have some bad Nate scars. So we're nervous that that's going to be the Nate Stanley that shows up on at, at noon on Saturday. Well, but, if, but what, and what I'm and I'm trusting that we don't get that that Nate Stanley. And I feel <laughs> like if we don't, you know, th- that I expect to win the game. Man, he's already passed for almost a thousand yards. Like, yeah, he's looks. He just looks solid, and he hasn't done anything real uh, splashy. Um, He's actually been running the ball a little bit. Yeah. The hero is kind of comical. Uh, but overall, yeah, he, he's looked solid. And, and, you know, we're only a third of the way through the season. So we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, where I'm at, man, if you guys don't beat yourselves, y'all are going to beat the brakes off of us. I'm, I'm just going to be b- blunt. <laughs> if you don't beat yourselves, like if, like if, if like Nate Stanley throws like two interceptions – you know, one of your guys puts it on the ground, ground a couple times. I could see Michigan winning by a touchdown. I could see that. But if Iowa comes in and they only have one turnover or less, Iowa by like 17. And I guess that's another thing. 
I would look at for Michigan, though. I mean, certainly how close it was versus Army. Um, and then even again with Wisconsin, a lot of it was put on, you know, Shea Patterson putting the ball on the carpet and the, you know, the linebacker turn running back putting the ball on the carpet. So I, I guess I would use that as a, as a positive for Michigan. Don't put the, you know, don't lose the ball. It, it just makes it that much closer of a game to me. A lot of that is coming because the old line has just been, been getting decimated. And, you know, the running back, when Charbonnet, when Charbonnet goes out of the game, look what Iowa does. Charbonnet is yep. our feature back, number 24. If he yep. goes out of the game, if it's not True Wilson in, if it's, if it's the other kid, if it's uh, Haskins or uh, Turner, yep. either one of those, I expect Iowa to have a have a complicated blitzing scheme because our running backs have been having a trouble with pass blocking. Interesting. Okay. Outside of True and outside of True's been hurt and you know he had like his first you know legit game was against Rutgers, but Charbonnet um, is for a true freshman unreal in the pass yeah. blocking, unreal, super strong, so he can handle it when he goes out. Um, that's usually when bad things start to start to happen. Okay. So it's going to be real interesting, man. Um, you know, yeah, I can't wait. I am so I am so geeked to watch this game. I'm glad it's at day. noon and not three thirty. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm man, so it's, happy. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Winning those noon games, no matter who who it's against. I mean, once that noon game's over, and you know, you just get to kick back and watch football the rest. And of the watch day. everyone else either just. Uh-huh. And then for Love me, it. it's if Michigan wins, then it's fun tweets, and I get to watch football and be happy. Michigan gets their butts handed to them. Twitter gets set on fire, and yeah, yep. every, you know, everybody wants to everybody wants to cancel Christmas. Everyone, Christmas is gone, <laughs> gone, gone, gone. Oh boy! All right, man. So yeah. so all right. So you said. Uh, by three, you said Iowa by three. Yeah, thirty-one twenty-eight. I think that's I think that's my official. All right, I got I got Iowa by seventeen, and I <laughs> I'm gonna stick with. I might, have to, I might have to bet you offline that I was not gonna win by seven. I might find something in there for you. <laughs> like thirty-four seventeen, I'm feeling. Uh, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. Michigan. Michigan plays basketball with that football dude. They start trying to dribble it between their legs. If they don't, if they don't beat themselves, it's going to be yep. a great game. If sure. they beat themselves, it's going to be ugly. People are going to blame the coaches. Kids just got to hold on to the pill, take care of the rock, and then you're uh, pretty much good to go, man. All right, um, man. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Jeffrey the Greek. You can check his podcast out, Eyes on Big. That is E-Y-E-S-O-N-B, the number one G. Uh, He is a co-host alongside with Big Ten Kurt. Um, You can catch them on where? Like iTunes and all that fun stuff? Yeah, pretty much. Stitcher, Spotify, uh, everywhere you can find a podcast. Uh, All the works. Yep, all the works. Nice. 
So find them on there. Uh, it's a great listen. Um, the first time I heard about you guys was when you guys were talking about my fan ranking. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. That was the um, first time. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. I was I was surprised to see Iowa at the top, but yeah, very much uh, uh, that got spun around Hawkeye Twitter a bunch. So we all appreciate that. Thanks for bringing that up. I would have forgot to say thank you. Hey, not a problem, man. All <laughs> I know is that Iowa is good people. Illinois is good people. Nebraska, bad people. Nebraska's <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> Nebraska's the worst. Maybe I can't stand the break. Just talk about that because trust me, I could go off on that for a while. Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> uh, so, quick question: I know, yeah. I know, Michigan fans are wondering because they had this question for me from time to time. Um, do you have, do you have people, or do you have certain Iowa fans, or like an Iowa guy who has recruiting stuff who is super toxic? Um, so you're, ta- you're, you're talking toxic just, just with recruiting or just like one of those like toxic accounts that has like yeah. one or 2000 followers for some reason and yeah. people like love what they say and it's very polarizing. Um, I don't feel, I feel like Iowa fans and Twitter for the most part we very much will that right away when we're not looking good. You know, we, we, will, we will call ourselves out for being bad or good at something. Um, so I don't feel like there's a ton of, of the toxic Twitter fans that are like that. Um, we just got some guys that, I don't, I don't know what to say, they're just idiots. And they steal other people's uh, tweets. They steal other people's, you know, articles and stuff like that. They're, and so we got a couple of those, and they they just get ramrodded by other Hawkeye fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I think every, I mean, there's a guy that sits behind me, you know, in my season tickets at Kinnick, and I tell you what, man, I'm getting close. I might just turn around and pop him one, one time <laughs> because he's driving me. Every third down should be converted by the offense, you know. Every third down. Be stopped by the defense. You know, it's not nonstop. I tell you what, I got no time. For those guys. No time. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Um. Anyways, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, coming on, man, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. Yeah, right. You're the man. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks, man. See you. All right. Yo, yo, welcome back. Yo, thanks again to Jeff, Jeffrey the Greek, for coming in and talking Iowa with me. That was a lot of fun. Um, co-host of Eyes on the Big Ten. He is a he is a big Iowa guy. Um, as you know, he played there. You know, played there on scholarship, which is uh, more than a lot of us can say. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I promised I would get back to this. So Josh Morocco, at Josh Morocco, had a great question. Uh, he said, thoughts on the new California pay-to-play law and what you think the NCAA will do about it? Okay, so first of all, what I think about the pay-to-play law is you need to understand what pay-to-play is. Um, 
you know, first and foremost, you know, I've said this before, wrote an article about it, I've appeared on podcasts about it. Um, you have to understand that, you know, it's, you know, it's not really pay to play. It's being able to make money off of your likeness. Pay to play, you know, cats already get a check. They get paid monthly. They get they get a monthly check. They get a cost of living check on top of that every single month to pay for all your bills. And then all the rest you get to just keep. Um, you already get a whole bunch of stuff for free. You get free gear. You get free food. You get free coupons for food. You got, I mean, I mean you can roll up to Red Lobster or like Outback and get these like coupons. And then you go in there with your uh, boys and have uh, and have an incredible meal. Pay to play is more so it's about the likeness. It's about the likeness. So on top of these checks, you got to understand that if you're in a low income situation, you have access to Pell Grants once a semester, which totals right right around five grand per semester. um, If your parents are under a certain threshold in terms of income. So, you know, think about these these things as you're looking at this pay to quote unquote pay to play stuff. The California law is about the likeness and being able to, you know, have that, have, you know, kids go out and have their likeness, whether there is for autographs and appearance, showing up in, in commercials, being able to be paid for that. Uh, NCAA won't be doing a damn thing about it. Why? Because other states have already started doing their own. Like, what are you going to do? Like, suspend everyone? It's pretty much they're calling the NCAA's bluff. The NCAA said you can't do that. California said watch this, um, and they put it through. Ohio is you know is getting theirs together. Kentucky is pushing something together. Uh, I joked about this with Michigan. I think Michigan is going to be one of the later states. I will be shocked and pleasantly surprised if Michigan is able to push something here. Uh, within the next couple of, you know, within the next few months, I think that will be a great step. And I also don't think, you know, I don't think the, I don't think the MHSAA will just stand there idle. Whenever there's something out there that isn't beneficial for the student athlete, the MHSAA shuts it down. They shut it down completely. This is the biggest joke of an association that is out there, period. You have the MHSAA is out there, you know, tweeted about this, you know, ruled a kid ineligible who was committed to go to Northwestern, already a hard school to get into, committed to Northwestern, ruled him ineligible because he was too far ahead in his classes. Imagine that being too far ahead in your classes that you are going to get uh, a notice that you will be ineligible. Um, he only had a few more credits to go, and then he was going to early enroll into Northwestern. Incredible, incredible stuff. I heard another story where um, where the they didn't allow a deaf wrestler to have a translator on the bench with the coach to make sure that they can communicate. MHSA, they are the strangest people ever. You know, you can you can't transfer, you can't transfer now without sitting out a full year. 
I mean, these guys are brutal. These guys are cruel. Like anything that's to benefit the athlete, they're going to be totally against. And I will not be surprised if they're in the state legislature trying to explain why it's a bad idea because that's just what they do. That's why you don't see Michigan schools on ESPN showcasing what they can do. That's why you don't see them traveling to these, you know, places out in Florida, California, D.C., and showcasing what they can do. Um, and I and I think that hurts. It hurts more than helps. It hurts with recruiting. Um, you know, some of these kids who can very well go to a decent a decent school are just not getting the looks just because just from the exposure. Even some of these. Football camps, the MHSAA, limits the kids on what they can wear, like pads and helmets at a certain time of year. And if you do, you'll be ineligible or you'll be suspended a couple of games. Um, it is a, MHSAA is a complete joke, so that's why I think Michigan is going to be late on this, late on this, um, late on this, you know, pay-to-play, you know, get-paid-for-your-likeness act which sucks. It sucks for the kids. It sucks for the universities as well. Um, California's pay-to-play, it doesn't come into effect immediately. It comes into effect uh, in 2023. In that time, I see pretty much every single state having something, having something that's going to be in effect at that time as well. How I feel about it, I'm here for the chaos. Just know that I do believe that it's going to open up a lot it's going to open up Pandora's box. Yes, there are a lot of there are a lot of pros. There's a lot of cons. Um, you're going to have more people involved. Are you going to have agents involved? Do you get fined? Are they technically now a part of the university? Are they a union? How does that work? Do you have to, you know because the NCAA is now being saying we're going to pay these players? You know, f you. Is there now going to be a new standard when it comes to keeping kids eligible? Or can kids just kind of go to school and just play basketball the entire time? Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of that. Um, I think you're going to have more, going to have a lot of stories come out. I think there's going to be, there's, you know, there's going to be definitely like a back hole, like a back hole. There's going to be a loophole that, Teams are going to open up on how to offer these players, you know, on their, you know, on their visits. Like, hey, we have three vendors lined up for you. This one's going to pay you one hundred fifty thousand. This one's going to pay you two hundred. This one's going to pay you two fifty. Um, and all you have to do is do a thirty second spot on their commercials, and that's it. That's going to be a lot of fun. Why? Because I think this, if anything, is going to even out the playing field. Um, if you have um, you know, a huge, a huge donor at a school like, what's a school out there? Um, let's just say Northwestern. You know, Northwestern doesn't really recruit at a high level, um, but with grades and all that stuff, all the grades. I mean, if Northwestern can go out and get a five star kid, they'll go out and get a five star kid. Northwestern, they have some grads who make a lot of money, a lot of money. If a Northwestern grad comes up and says, "Hey, you can be in this commercial. I'll pay you four hundred grand," and he's choosing between Northwestern and Auburn or Alabama, I mean that's that's going to even out the playing field big time. Uh, legally, being able to pay for players 
is, I think is going to be funny. It's going to be awesome. Um, and it's going to make youth sports even that much more competitive. Um, cause you see what's in front of you and you see that, Hey, you know what? I, you know, you don't have to get to the pros to make a decent living already. Like, like, can you imagine if your kid right now is being recruited and, you know, the University of Southern California said, hey, we're going to, hey, look, we have, we have, uh, we have four different companies that, you know, we've signed an ag- agreement with. You have to appear in two commercials for each one. That's eight commercials. At the end of the day, you're going to be able to, you know, net, they're going to use the word net. That's going to net you $1.4 million. You've basically gotten your retirement money done. You've gotten retirement money right now and you're age 17 and you are good to go. Um, it's going to push a lot of families. It's going to push a lot of families to some crazy, to, to do crazy things. Um, some things are going to be like, like, you know, if this passes, don't be surprised if you see a lot of uh, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding issues come up. <laughs> like, if the if there's a bag out there for three quarters of a million dollars, and it's between you and the family across the parking lot, there are going to be some families who are like, hey, get the crowbar. We're going after that kid's knees. It's going to be wild stuff, and it's going to bring out the worst in people, but I'm here for it. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow. Those are my thoughts. Um, do the athletes deserve more than what they already get? Yes. Based on what, based on what, um, based on what they're gaining for the school itself and revenue. Most definitely. At the same time, you're you know you're gonna open up a whole box of pros and cons that I don't think people are ready for. There's way too many voices that aren't really talking. Way too many voices are talking that have never been in this situation, that don't know what you know that you know don't know what the system that's already set up is. They they don't know that. Um, that have that just are young at the top of their lungs without acknowledging certain things to make sure that the public understands, all right, this is what's already going on. This is how it can change. I've always said if they go to this type of pay-to-play, you know, likeness image stuff, I've always said, hey, put it in a trust for them and then they can touch it when they're 23, 24, or 25. While they're in school, they can have certain things paid for but not just straight cash. They can have certain things paid for uh, as long as you go through a certain waiver uh, just to make sure guys, you know, just to make sure, you know, money's not being recklessly spent, just to make sure that, you know, guys aren't driving Lamborghinis to English 101. Like, come on, what are we doing? So that's pretty much it on that. I'll probably have a lot more as this goes, um, but just know that this is going to be, um, this is going to be, one story that's going to be a lot of fun to follow. Um, 
thank you again, The Ant Farm, episode 17. You can catch me on Spotify. You can catch me on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much everything. And you know my Twitter, it's Ant Right. Just a reminder, SeatGeek. You download SeatGeek, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. You get your first purchase from that website. $20 off if you use my promo code AntWright. No spaces. A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. Thank you for listening. As always, please like, rate, and subscribe. See you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.